there is no way that the book of Isaiah in the Bible was written by one person. Okay, if we harness our magical imagination, yes, anything is possible. But most scholars think that Isaiah was written at least by three people who pretty explicitly draw material from different sources. This book, like much of the Bible, is written thematically instead of following some strict chronology. There were parts that editors went back to shaping and reshaping, changing and making meaning for the Israelite people as they wondered about God's presence in the chaotic world in which they found themselves. Isaiah consists of those three parts. There's first Isaiah, second or Deutero Isaiah, and third Isaiah. Readers follow the Israelite people through some Campbell-like hero's journey. First Isaiah sets the scene, telling of the Israelites in the world in which they find themselves. First Isaiah also begins to foreshadow what is to come and the hardship that lies ahead. Deutero, or second Isaiah, tells of the conflict, the great chaos the Israelite community found themselves in as the Babylonian Empire did the unimaginable, conquering and destroying all Israel had built. But second Isaiah also speaks of hope, that this reality in which they found themselves was all, not all they had ever known and would not be all they would know. Third Isaiah is the story of restitution, of triumph, and of the hard work of rebuilding life. For Israel is back in their promised land, the temple, God's house, being put back together stone by stone, brick by brick. There was hope that coming home meant easy streets, but Israel is having to go about the hard work of asking, what do we want to rebuild and how do we rebuild? Israel was going about the hard work of asking, where can we find comfort amidst the chaos? And our scripture for today comes from third Isaiah. And in it, we are given the answer, God, Mother of us all is our source of comfort. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your own people who hate you and reject you for my name's sake have said, Let the Lord be glorified so that we may see your joy. But it is they who shall be put to shame. Listen, an uproar from the city, a voice from the temple the voice of the Lord dealing retribution to his enemies. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came upon her, she delivered a son. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be delivered in one moment? Yet as soon as Zion was in labor, she delivered her son. Shall I open the womb and not deliver, says the Lord? 
Shall I, the one who delivers, shut the womb, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy and all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream, and you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Titles of mother are so complicated and fraught. As we heard members read Amy Young's poem, The Wide Spectrum of Mothering, we know that there is not one experience of mothers or mothering. We know that mothers have been perpetrators of abuse and neglect. We know that mothers are made of more than sugar and spice and everything nice, that there's a rough strength and a true grit in mothering that often goes overlooked in the desire for the pretty and the perfect and the put together. We know that motherhood is tied to so much more than gender or procreative ability. Mothering is an act of creation in all of its miraculous forms. And several years ago on Mother's Day, we talked about the inherent hopefulness of mothers. All the folks who bring life into the world, bring that life in with hope for what that life will hold. But as I read this passage from Isaiah, and as myself, I prepare for motherhood with this baby growing in my belly, I'm also struck how motherhood is about finding comfort amidst the chaos. As God gives comfort to Israel, not taking away the hard work that lies ahead or making the promised land perfect, God instead promises that even in the chaos of our world and the chaos of our lives, that there too is comfort to be found. Would you please pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. Amen. So there was a little debate in our house this week as to whether or not I got to celebrate Mother's Day. As my belly grows and I feel this little one pressing against my ribs like some squat-lifting Olympian making room for themselves and stretching me quite literally from the inside out at the expense of sleep and comfort, I must confess I'm feeling more and more entitled to some chocolate chip pancakes and a cup of coffee in bed. I brought the topic up to my husband, Dan, because God knows the unfairness of expecting loved ones to mind read your wishes and desires, a lesson that we learned very early on in our marriage. 
But when I brought this up to Dan, he responded, well, technically. And I looked at my belly and I looked up at him with eyebrows arched. And my classics loving husband asked the ultimate philosophical question. Well, really, when does a life truly start? <laughs> Noticing my pursed lips and obvious displeasure, he cheekily added, wasn't it all created by Hallmark anyway? A mischievous smile erupting on his face. And before I could respond, he quickly backpedaled. Though if we're honest, we're recording this on a Thursday, so time will tell how our first Mother's Day turns out. But Mother's Day is complicated. The circle of motherhood is so much wider and expansive than our Western world draws. Motherhood does not demand procreation or adoption or fostering. It's not about some legal designation, but a spiritual and emotional one. Motherhood is about creating and cultivating life in the world. And as Amy Young's poem points out, the ways of bringing life into this world are limitless. Despite modern conceptions of tiger moms and helicopter moms and lawnmower moms, mothering is not about fixing or changing all of the dark places. That's an impossibility. It's not about pretending that life isn't hard and complicated. It's not about pretending there won't be pain. It's not about denying chaos. Motherhood is about finding ways to comfort and to find comfort amidst that chaos. In Isaiah, we hear the prophet use mother imagery for God. God who births us into this world in the great spark of all creation. And time again, and time again God mothers us, creating and cultivating life in our midst. Isaiah draws upon labor imagery. Now, I remember when I was in early middle or high school at one of our youth group ski trips, one of our adult leaders, Steve, I feel like every church has to have an adult leader, Steve, but this adult leader, Steve, uh, was a big and slightly terrifying man. He worked for the Massachusetts uh, prison system as a correction officer. And on our drive up to the mountains, he asked if we ever thought about what our mothers went through in labor. We grumbled our reply as teenagers everywhere grumbled. And he said, here, try this to understand. He invited us to grab our upper lip. You guys can do it too if you want to. Grab your upper lip and hold it as tightly as you can, like tighter, tighter than you think it's possible. And then he said, pull that lip out as far as it will go. I remember my little middle school hands shaking with the effort. And then he said, take that lip that you're holding tightly and pull it out and up and over your head. <laughs> we all giggled. But whether we're talking about physical labor or we're talking about the pain of bringing life into this world in other ways, there is always pain in creation. 
Things are being broken open. What was is falling away for what will be, and often what needs to be. Our universe aches for creation, for energy to be transformed. Even with God speaking to Israel here in Isaiah, we see the natural human desire, the hope, for their transition to be quick, for it to be painless. Isaiah writes, before she was in labor, she gave birth. And I have to say, wow, that would be nice, and I want that in my birth plan. But while the prophet paints a pretty and idyllic and painless picture, while that's natural for all of us to desire, because who wants to walk through pain anyway? It's not real. The creation of something new takes work and intentionality and sacrifice. Isaiah writes, who's heard of such things? Who's seen such things? Shall a land be born in one day? Shall a nation be delivered in one moment? Creating a newness and life takes a willingness not to know. To admit that we might not have it all figured out. And if we're honest, that's hard and that's scary. Dan and I feel so blessed to be surrounded by loving people, maybe not physically right now, but many of our people have shown up in phone calls and emails and letters, and surprisingly in books. We have so many people who want to walk with us in this next phase of life, welcoming our little one into the world. And everyone feels like the right way to do this is by sending us a book. There was one day where Amazon delivered five packages of upwards of 10 books for Dan and I to read on parenting and babies. I recently counted that if we were to read every single book that was given to us, we would have read over 4,000 pages of how to parent and what to do when and some not so veiled judgments of how you should do this and you should definitely not do that. I actually thought of bringing all of the books in here today to give you some sort of visual about how many pages 4,000 pages looks like and then I decided that I didn't actually want to carry 4,000 pages worth of books in, that it might weigh a little too much. There is so much, though, in creating life that we want to control, and we can't. No matter how many pages we read, and friends who sent us books out there, honestly, we are trying to make it through the books. But, but regardless, no matter how prepared we are, there will still be chaos. Because the world is chaotic. Because being in relationships with other humans is chaotic because in creating and in new life there is chaos but that is not all there is we are also promised comfort not in the elimination of our broken world around us but at that amidst the mess god is there to feed us and to sustain us, 
to rock us in her arms and to hold us with her strength and to tell us that we are loved and that we are enough, especially in the chaos. Israel needed this message as they pieced themselves back together from their broken bits. This is where Jesus was always to be found, giving comfort in the chaos. And maybe this Mother's Day, you need to hear these words too. That God, our great mother, is there, arms surrounding us, not erasing or eliminating pain and chaos, but promising us that there will be moments of comfort there. That the messiness of human life, that in the spills and the messes and the mistakes, that through the paths not taken and the paths that we barreled down, love pours out always. Amazing grace pours out for all of us always. For as it did for Israel then, and as it does for us now. Amen. Thank you.